0: Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. When paying to the history that the Lord has revealed to us in Scripture, too often our focus of attention becomes on the persons directly involved. So, for example, attention could be given to Abram and how he obeyed God's word and how he struggled And what he had done. In various ways we can empathize with Abram then and put ourselves somewhat into his shoes. However, we should remember that it is the Lord God who speaks to us in his word. And of course that comes out in a particular way in our text where the Lord speaks directly to Abram. Is it not true that we should focus our attention really on him all the time? What is God's message to us today when he continues to relate to us this history? And therefore, your attention is directed this morning to how the Lord takes this initiative. He sets Abram aside to form his own nation. And his referring to God, to God's own nation. Pay attention to how the Lord does this, first of all, by directing Abram to leave his own country, secondly, promising Abram a land in which to live, and thirdly, blessing Abram and making him a blessing. First then, we notice how the Lord speaks directly to Abram. Our text is very clear. The Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. To understand this instruction, it is helpful to keep in mind how after the Lord had created everything in the beginning and it was all very good, that man had rebelled and sinned against the Lord God. His transgression clearly had an effect on his children and on the generations that followed. It had such an impact that when the Lord looked down from heaven on earth at an earlier time, He had noticed how corrupt men had really become. They defied his great and glorious name. They did not want to know him. They lived on the foundation of their own rebellion. The Lord had called Noah to proclaim a terrible flood by which he would punish them. The world was destroyed that way. genealogy that we began to read, chapter 11, verse 10, reflects back on that fact. The genealogy of Shem, Shem was the son of Noah. And we are told there in this genealogy that it was two years after the flood. Well, one might have expected things to have gotten better after the flood, after this great warning that the Lord had given. But the heart of man had not changed. The whole earth had gotten together at a certain town, place, name became Babel. They had considered themselves to be very mighty and strong in their own strength again. They built a city for themselves and they were looking towards a name for themselves. And again, we are told that the Lord came and looked and he saw the city and its tower. He brought confusion to it all by confusing the languages so that men couldn't understand each other anymore. And they were scattered throughout the world. Now, we are again told by our text that the Lord intervened some more. Even though there were different peoples now and different tribes and different languages, as also becomes evident in the genealogy that followed, hardness of heart continued. Turning away from the Lord God became very evident. We're not told so directly in the passage that we have read, But at a later time, when the children of Abram were brought into the promised land through Joshua, chapter 24, near the end of Joshua's life, Joshua reminded them what the Lord God had done. He speaks in this way, Joshua 24, verse 2. And Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in all times, and they served other gods. That's what they did. They served other gods. Well, how did they serve other gods? Still later on, the letter to the Romans, we are told how the Lord in his great mercy had set aside a people for himself, the children of Israel, but in the meantime that his wrath was kindled against the Gentiles and that they went from unrighteousness to unrighteousness. In doing so, they exchanged the knowledge of the true living God for the worship of Creatures instead of worshiping the Lord God. From that it appears that these people through the generations did know about the Lord God, but they undermined who He really is. And instead of focusing who the Lord God is, their focus Came much more on the things that they could see and touch and somehow explain in their own wisdom or speculate about. They could look at the sun and the moon and the stars. They could count the time, and the hours and the days, and reckon with the seasons time of planting and harvesting. And more and more they put their confidence in these things. Rather in him who had created everything, rather than the God who had spoken, rather than the God who had punished the world in the days of Noah, they focused on things that they could see and handle and touch begin to worship the sun, the moon, the ocean, its power, the wind. They prayed to them. They tried to convince them to come at the right time. They thought that somehow they could handle this work of God's creation, manipulating it themselves in the way in which they wanted to do so. Became idolatry. It is not until later on in Scripture, in the context of Jacob and his wives, that we read of an idol that had been made and lost, showing that men started to make images in that way. And that is implied in the words of Joshua. That is how the entire world had become Keep in mind also how when the Lord had created everything in the beginning and Adam and Eve, he had directed them to live in the midst of this world to praise and honor of his great and holy name. He put them in a garden, got them to till it. And they were to do so as the image of God himself in a righteous and holy way. All this was obviously neglected and forgotten. The Lord had destroyed the world, but saved Noah and his family. The sinful heart and broken inclination had remained. Now the Lord again intervenes after all these generations. He intervenes because he reckoned that it did not go in the right way. He himself comes there to put a stop to it, to make a change. Intervenes directly, speaking to Abraham. At the time, there still appears to be some knowledge of the Lord and some remnant concerning who he really is. Later on, Chapter 15, we are told how the Lord had spoken to Abram about the land that he would inherit. He said, not in your day, because the wickedness of the Amorites is not yet complete. Chapter 15, verse 16, the iniquity, the Amorites is not yet full. So there was still some knowledge concerning God. We're also later told in the history of Abram's life that he met a high priest, Melchizedek, who was priest of the Most High God. He was also king, showing that there were still remnants of the knowledge of the Lord God. Some who have done some examination of the genealogy of Abram that we have read suggest that Shem who became 500 years old may still have been alive when Abram was born. He certainly would have still known about the flood and how the Lord had saved him and his father from the flood. Even though there was this knowledge It was clearly being abandoned everywhere. And it almost appeared as if another flood had become necessary already. The Lord now intervenes in a different way. He now intervenes by speaking to Abram and telling him to get away out of your country, away from your family, away from your father's house. The implication is that, Abram, I'm going to set you aside. Remains important for us to keep in mind that it is the Lord who took this initiative. For from hindsight, we may recognize that there would have been no such Abram as we know today unless the Lord had intervened in this way. It is the Lord God himself who made Abram to be who he is, Abram. Yes, from hindsight we may even add that it is the Lord who put it in the heart of Abram to hear and heed his word. For now, the importance of our text is in a particular way that it is the Lord who took this kind of initiative to set him aside and distinguish him from other people. For when we hear how the Lord has spoken here, does it not remind us of how when Adam and Eve had eaten the forbidden fruit, he had addressed the serpent and told him that he would establish enmity between your seed and the seed of the woman? He himself would establish that enmity. It is like a declaration of war. When the Lord reminds us of how he had spoken to Abram in this way, should we not continue to take it to heart that the Lord has established a separate, distinct people for himself? Later on, the Lord, through the Apostle Paul, for example, in the letter to the Galatians, not only there, but in the letter to the Galatians, chapter 3, speaks of how he has granted us the blessing of Abram who believed in the word that the Lord had spoken. He grants that we may become children of Abram when embracing God's word and listening to it and submitting to it. There we are assured that the Lord, foreseeing that he would justify the Gentiles, had in this way already preached the gospel to Abram. We're told there that Abram believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. It is by faith that you are saved and redeemed. That is a particular point that is made there, faith. Faith by hearing what God says, embracing that message, and accepting it, living it. Well, that message, God already spoke at that time to Abram. He spoke that word to Abram as the God who made a special bond with him. We can say that already here, even though that comes out more so further, when the Lord further on speaks of how he will make a covenant with Abram. But here we notice in our text that we are specifically told it is the Lord who had said this. The Lord, that is his covenant name. So we may see that bond already foreshadowed here. And from hindsight, we may certainly say that this is what the Lord was doing, making a special relation with Abram and setting him aside from all the other families of the earth, distinguishing him. Not only him, but also his children along with him and after him. The Lord will establish a people a nation of his own, his own particular people. Therefore, in the second place, when we give attention to that, we notice that the Lord immediately promises a place for Abram to live. He will not let Abram forever wander around with no home or place at all? Problem has become that, generally speaking, like at the Tower of Babel, the earth has fallen into the hands of wicked and rebellious men, and instead of living to the honor and praise of the Lord God like he had directed Adam and Eve in the beginning, they all lived in their own way and followed the desires of their own hearts. By promising a land, the Lord says to Abram, I will give you a place, I will give you room where you are able to live as my people and children. times we reflect on how different people live in different ways and we speak about different cultures that they reflect different cultures and languages. Somewhat the language and culture becomes combined as well because the language reflects the thinking of people too. What the Lord says here to Abram is that he will give him a place where they may reflect his honor, his glory, his name. Where a culture can be established that is focused on him, the Lord God. We should never forget that if the Lord had not spoken to Abram in this way, there would never have been an Israel. There never would have been a Jerusalem like we know from history. It also shows how the Lord himself came here to earth and involves mankind with his plan for redemption. The Lord did not abandon the work of his hands, but he upheld it and continues to uphold it till today. Even though The land that the Lord had given to Abraham after Christ has come, one might say has been abandoned because the Lord now gathers his people from every tribe and tongue and nation. And among the nations, he gives them a place to serve him. But initially he did so in a particular place so that The message of salvation could shine through. Continue to read through scripture and its history. Remains a very sad history of disobedience and a turning away from the Lord God. A history where the Lord more than once intervened by way of punishment and calling to return. But through this all, his reputation continues to shine through. That is how we are to read God's word, continuing, continuing to read it that way. The Lord now spoke to Abram. As a matter of fact, the book of Genesis is set up as various genealogies. This is a genealogy of Adam, we are told near the beginning. The genealogy of Noah, the genealogy of Abram, the genealogy of Jacob, and so forth. The Lord setting aside a nation, a people, and giving them a place where they may live as his own children. Later, When the Lord granted this blessing to the children of Abram, he gave them each their own inheritance so that there they may indeed live as his people to the praise of his holy name. And therefore, in the third place, we also notice from our text how the Lord declares that he will not only make them a great nation, but he will bless Abram. And his name and his, he, Abram, shall be a blessing in contrast to the curse and how the families of the earth that curse him will be cursed, but those that bless him Will be blessed as well. Blessed. This word means to be happy, to be satisfied, to enjoy, to have everything that you need. That is God's promise that He will grant everything that you need, Abram. You will be. Blessed and I will make you a blessing. I will do it. The Lord will do it. He takes that initiative. And certainly today from hindsight we may know the way in which the Lord has accomplished it. Through the generations of Abram by granting him a son David. Granting him a son who is God's own son, Christ Jesus. We may now embrace that great blessing. And indeed, it is through him, through this grandson of Abram, that we may know ourselves to be blessed. Christ our Redeemer and Savior. The Lord in his great mercy grants that we too, Gentiles according to the flesh, may be included among his people. The Lord continues to speak to us through this word here. And the history of how he has spoken to Abram so that we keep it in mind. How he has set Abram aside from those who defy his great and glorious name, how he had made this promise to Abram and his children, a promise that is confirmed to us today. You can witness it by baptism. The Lord grants the blessing of forgiveness and eternal life, the promise of even a better inheritance, a restored heaven and earth, in which we may live with our Redeemer as our King. Considering how the Lord continues to work out what he began to do here at this point of time, how thankful we must really be. And indeed, we then recognize so much more clearly how our focus is to be on the Lord God. Too often we are inclined to look at how men have done things. What did Abram do? What did Moses do? What did Hannah do? What did the men in Scripture do? What did Mary, from whom the Christ was born, do? But really, where should our focus be? On the Lord God. The Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country. The Lord continues to speak to the children of Abram in this way. You may be grafted in as children of Abram through faith. The Lord distinguishes you from the wicked of this world. Yes, there's opportune time we may call the wicked to repentance and to the great blessing. But at the same time, that distinction does remain. In the visions in Revelation, it also becomes very clear distinction between those who have the name of Christ written on their foreheads, those who are redeemed by him in contrast to those who have the number of the beast there too, we are told of another Babel or Babylon, the city of the wicked that will be destroyed. The Lord has set you aside, beloved. The Lord has continued his redemptive work throughout the ages. And even though today, because of increased turning away from the Lord God and Blasphemy of his name, defiance of his commandments. His work at times might be difficult to see. Difficult to see also because of unfaithfulness among the Lord's people and among his children, us. The Lord has spoken in this way, and he will complete that, what he began to do in the days of Abraham. He will grant restoration. He has spoken like he spoke to Abram. Get out of your country. May we not say likewise, get out of from among the wicked of this age and do not be partakers with them. Rather, serve the Lord. Listen to his voice. Embrace his promise forgiveness and eternal life, live as his children more and more, embrace the great privilege of belonging to him, those whom he has redeemed. Amen.